we feel better about ourselves by setting boundaries. This is a stepwise process and it gets better and better and better. Think of it like this. People don't put fences around property they don't give a shit about. If you think of a boundary like a fence around your property, well, when you put up that fence, you start to care more about yourself. And the more you care about yourself, the more invested in your fence you will be, the nicer you'll want your fence to be because you care about your property, which you will also start to take better care of. Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery, where I help people heal their emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds and make deep, lasting changes in their lives. I'm the founder and CEO of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting, LLC, where I coach people on how to develop healthy boundaries. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-step recovery fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any particular 12-step fellowship. I also don't believe that 12-step recovery is the only way to recover. You might need additional help. My hope is that you'll find my words concretely helpful in improving your life, whether you're in recovery or not. This is episode 137, Learn to Love Yourself, 16 Things I Learned About Self-Love in Recovery, Part 2. Last week, I shared the first eight things I learned about how to love myself, and this week, I'm going to share another eight. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, you should probably go do that first. As a recap, the first were, one, put down the substance, Two, stop the self-judgment and self-criticism. Three, reparenting and inner child work. Four, mirror work. Five, take care of your physical body. Six, make conscious contact with your higher power. Seven, walk away from crazy. And eight, take care of your physical environment. Now on to items nine through 16. The number nine thing that I've learned to do to love myself is to reach out and ask people for help. And the way I think about it now is I allow people to love me. I allow people in so they can see who I am and that I'm not perfect and that I do have needs and I can't do everything myself. And maybe even when I can do things myself, I still want help. I've been with Chuck for over three years now, and it's very easy for me to ask him to do something for me, even when it's something I could very easily do myself. This is new for me. I just love being able to ask people to help me. And it's a way that I love myself by making myself vulnerable to people who are safe. I used to make myself unnecessarily vulnerable to people who were unsafe. And when I look back, I can see now that on some level, I knew they were unsafe, but I did it anyway. But now that I love myself, I don't put myself in harm's way like that anymore. I reach out to stable people who are reliable. If you need help with reaching out, I've linked an article I wrote in the show notes, and it's called How to Start Asking for Help When You've Never Done It. The number 10 thing is being present. I also love myself by being present. You cannot be purposeful about your life if you are not in the present moment. 
If you're constantly dissociating or worrying about the future or perseverating about the past. So getting into the present moment is really important. What that means to me is to be in my body. The main ways I do that are with my breath and with getting in touch with my senses. When I am consciously in my body, that means I am present and I am grounded. I'm aware that I'm breathing and sensing. Number 11, use gentle language with myself. If you've listened to my podcast, you know that I swear a lot, and I always have. But here's something that's really interesting. The way that I swear has changed. It used to be when I, for example, knocked over a glass of water, I'd be like, Jesus fucking Christ. And now what comes out of my mouth is, oh, goodness. I never said, oh, goodness, in my life before recovery. And it just kind of started happening. I never sought to say that purposefully, but I don't swear at myself when I screw up anymore, and I don't swear at other people when they screw up either. I just swear to express because that's how I expressed, but it's not an attack any longer. Number 12, I'm sure you're going to be shocked by this one, it's boundaries. It's another way that I've learned to love myself, setting healthy boundaries. My experience of learning to set healthy boundaries was I set a boundary and I felt better about myself because I showed up for myself. I stood up for myself. And because I then felt better about myself, it became easier to set the next boundary. And then when I set that next boundary, I feel even better about myself. It's important to understand that we feel better about ourselves by setting boundaries. This is a stepwise process and it gets better and better and better. Think of it like this. People don't put fences around property they don't give a shit about. If you think of a boundary like a fence around your property, well, when you put up that fence, you start to care more about yourself. And the more you care about yourself, the more invested in your fence you will be, the nicer you'll want your fence to be because you care about your property, which you will also start to take better care of. As you set more boundaries, you're going to care more about yourself. But you have to begin somewhere. And this process of not judging myself that I mentioned as item number two on this list, which was in last week's episode, that was so helpful in learning to set boundaries because I screwed up and I still do sometimes. Because setting boundaries is guesswork. It's educated guesswork, but it's still guesswork. And as you get more and more clear about what's important to you, your educated guesses get better. But you can't know until you set a boundary whether it's the right one or not. Because you have to see what it feels like to have that boundary in place. And the fact that I've stopped judging myself allows me to cut myself slack Boundary setting for me is both a gift of recovery and an enormous, important tool of recovery. And it's one of the ways that I love myself. Time is a really important boundary for me because I just fucking gave away my time to other people all the time. I don't do that anymore. No, don't get me wrong. I give lots of service. I help people regularly, but I do it at pre-designated times. I put what I want to get done on my calendar first, 
And then I plug people in around that. Now, there are some people that don't like that they can't just pick up the phone and call me and have me answer, but I'm not doing it to them. I'm doing it for me. It gives me peace to live like this, to have boundaries in my life, especially around my time. Number 13, I'm going to call this one, give myself some peace. So speaking of peace that I just mentioned, I get from boundaries. What I want more than anything else is peace. So what do I need to have peace? Well, for me, that means I need to have conscious contact with my higher power. I need to be in my body. I need to eat healthy food, sleep regularly, brush my teeth, stay out of harm's way, and stay away from people who are not peaceful. I also need to slow down and take breaks instead of operating with a sense of urgency all the time. That's what I need to feel peaceful. Number 14, stop the negative self-talk. I didn't dislike myself or have low self-esteem before recovery, but I didn't love myself. And I don't think I knew that until recovery. When I look back at my behavior, I can see that as true. There were a variety of ways I learned to love myself. And for me, it started when I was either in my late 20s or early 30s. And I discovered that I had super negative self-talk, or I would just say horrendous things to myself. And I did a lot of work at that time and cleaned up a lot of that. And I really thought I had cleaned it all up. But it was the thoughts that I could hear in my head that I had cleaned up. Recovery taught me that I had beliefs. These were thoughts I had thought for so long that I internalized them and didn't even realize I was thinking them. I didn't even have words connected to these beliefs. They just were. To me, they were just the truth. One time this came to my consciousness was when I read that when we're judgmental, it could be our inner critical parent speaking up. And when I read that, I had this organic thought that was, oh, I guess I'm not a piece of shit for being judgmental. That's my critical inner parent. And what was notable about that thought was the knowledge that I thought that I was a piece of shit was new to me. I was like, oh my God, look at that. And this was after I'd been reparenting myself for quite some time. Another way that I've learned to love myself besides getting rid of the self-talk and challenging those beliefs when they bubble up to the surface is I negate that negative self-talk by replacing it. I love this metaphor of my mind has like this reservoir and I have been poisoning that reservoir every day of my life when I say horrible things to myself. And if I stop saying horrible things to myself, the reservoir will eventually purify, but it's going to purify much more quickly if I put an antidote to the poison in the reservoir. And that antidote is affirmation. So that's my item number 15. So if I am saying I am a piece of shit and I stop saying it, that's good. But it's even better to say something like, I am a beloved child of God. And here's the thing about affirmations. You do not have to believe them. You just have to say them. And eventually, if your experience is anything like mine, you will come to believe them. 
So if you tell yourself frequently enough, I am a beloved child of God, or I am deserving of love, then it will eventually sink in and you will come to believe it. Now, I have a whole episode on affirming ourselves. If you need help with affirmations, I talk about my whole theory around that. I'll link it in the show notes. It's episode number five. And then I also have a bonus episode that is just me reading affirmations for addicts that I will link also in the show notes. It doesn't have a number, but it falls between episodes 32 and 33 in the lineup. And then my number 16 is stop violating my own values. So an example of how I used to violate my own values has to do with honesty. When I came into recovery, I truly believed that I was an honest person. And it turns out, nope, nope, I wasn't. Some of it was me lying about food, drugs, cigarettes, alcohol, and pretending I was doing things I wasn't or wasn't doing things that I was. And another large portion of my dishonesty had to do with my people-pleasing behaviors, where I'd agree to do things I didn't want to, say yes to things I didn't really want to. I'd even volunteer for shit that I didn't even want to do. I didn't know at the time, but I was doing it because I wanted people to like me. Another way I did things against my values has to do with littering. I was brought up that littering is horrendous and just don't do it. We recycled, everything went in the garbage, and we judged people (laughs) who littered. But I would buy cigarettes, smoke some of them, and then throw the pack out the window of my car because I didn't want people to find them because I lied about my smoking for a long time. Another way I violated my values was I have believed in healthy eating for a long time. I believe in eating food in its closest form to nature, yet I binged on unhealthy foods and sometimes hid them too. Now, one of the reasons it contributes to my self-love to be in line with my own values is I am now proud of myself, knowing that I am a woman of integrity, a woman of wholeness. I live up to my principles. I didn't consciously realize I was dishonest, but I think on some level, subconsciously, I did know that I wasn't honest. And that contributed to me not really loving myself. Now, my dishonesty runs in deep. And I've cleaned it up like 98%. But I just had a situation a couple weeks ago where I wanted to lie. I didn't, but the urge was still there. And it's hard for me to understand what the hell my motivation was. But here was the situation. I set up a Zoom call with somebody who I've known for a number of years. And I realized that if I did a Zoom call, I would be sitting in front of the computer. And it was the only call I had that day where I might be able to fit in a walk. So I wanted to change it to a phone call instead of Zoom. And when I went to message him, I wanted to lie to him about why. So let's put a pin in that for a second. First of all, it's my life and I get to live it however I want. And second of all, I don't need to tell people why. I can just say I need to change it to a phone call. But this is a friend. So I said to him, I really want to fit in a walk and I can't do it on Zoom. So I'd like us to talk on the phone instead. So that impulse for me to lie still comes up, but I don't act on it anymore. This is another way that I love myself. I act according to my principles, or as we say in recovery, I practice these principles in all my affairs. And that, my friends, 
is my list of things I've learned to do to love myself from recovery. So as a recap, they were one, put down the substance, two, stop the self-judgment and self-criticism, three, reparenting and inner child work, four, mirror work, five, take care of my physical body, six, make conscious contact with my higher power, seven, walk away from crazy, eight, take care of my physical environment, nine, reach out and ask for help, 10, be present, 11, use gentle language with myself, 12, boundaries, 13, give myself peace, 14, stop the negative self-talk, 15, affirmations, and 16, stop violating my own values. So, dear listener, what's on your list? What have you done to grow love for yourself? I would love to hear it. Shoot me an email, barb at higherpowercc.com, or DM me on Instagram. If you're ready to finally have an enjoyable, relaxing summer doing things you really want to do, instead of always following other people's agendas, I have some openings for private clients right now. If you are really tired of saying yes to things you really don't want to do and being overly accommodating to others, this is for you. It's time to start accommodating yourself. Maybe you're dissatisfied with your relationships and overwhelmed with all kinds of difficult feelings because of your interactions with others. If you'd like to get your life in order before the summer hits, go to barbchat.net and sign up for a free 30-minute call with me about my private coaching so we can get started right away. That way, you'll be done by summer. This is for people who are finally ready to make deep, lasting changes in their relationship patterns, including their relationships with themselves, their partners, family, friends, and colleagues. Go to barbchat.net. If you like this podcast, and I'm guessing you did or you wouldn't still be listening, then you're going to love the other things I have to offer. If you'd love pre-release podcast scripts and episodes before anyone else gets them, or if you'd love access to content from my private vault that I developed exclusively for my private clients, which is like having a work session with me without me actually being there, go to patreon.com slash higher power coaching. There are three tiers ranging from as low as $4 up to $24 a month. You'll also love my weekly newsletter, Friday Fragments, which has content very similar to the podcast. You can check it out at fridayfragments.news. That's fridayfragments.news. Please like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. I'd also love it if you'd leave a review, which you can do either in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find my podcast so they can get the benefits you've gotten from listening. If someone came to mind when you listened to this particular episode, please share it with them. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. I'm at Higher Power Coaching. Please DM me there. I'd love to hear what you got from this episode. 
I run group and private coaching programs on building healthy boundaries. Whether you need help with boundaries in your personal, professional, or romantic life, I can help. Head on over to barbchat.net where you can hop onto my calendar for a free 30-minute Better Boundaries consultation. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change. If that's you, I would love to work with you. My goal with all my work is to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep, lasting changes in my life. Remember, it's never too late to recover. No one is beyond hope and healing is possible. Thanks for listening.